listening. You are listening. You are listening to Parallel Radio. Parallel Radio. Parallel Radio. Parallel Radio. For the spirit and for the life of people. Yeah, man, reading Auntie Pete on the line now. Hey. Horrible. Sorry. Sort these levels out. Hello, you're listening to Parallel Radio. A bit of a, a bumpy start there to the show. Sorry about that. Um, so we are joined this week on this week's show um, by Grace and Deborah from the RCA who are doing a very interesting project about loneliness and um, social isolation, which they are about to tell us um, more about, and then we will open it up to questions. Um, it's quite a big topic, quite an important topic, and um, relevant to a lot of people here. Rick, um, can we just? Uh, could you just explain how how you found uh, Grace and Deborah? How how is it that they're here today? They sent me an email. <laughs> it was th through my contacts at um, Helen Hamlin Design Centre who I've worked with uh, several times over the last few years and have had a very strong influence on the way I do things in my work with older people uh, using digital technology. And so any, any email that comes in from the RCA, I read it instantly and I make sure I get back to it immediately because I know that the result is always going to be good. And as I've met Grace and Deborah for the first time this afternoon and I'm already really impressed. Um, so let's ask um, Grace and Deborah to explain a little bit about their project. So could you actually just introduce yourselves um, so we know who is who? I'm Deborah. And I am Grace. Um, so would you like to tell us about your project? Sure. Um, Grace and I met up at the RCA this year and we got chatting in September, uh, early October, and we seem to s uh, share a similar desire to, um, I guess, raise awareness with uh, society around the plight of a lot of different groups of vulnerable people. And the elderly is a, is a big topic, and so we're, we've created this project. We've got um, uh, three more students on board with us, and we're... Um, I think very committed to, to um, coming up with something that uh, brings in the arts but also is um, helping to connect people and change, I guess fundamentally it's about changing the way society, uh, the added social attitudes towards especially older people. Yeah, so the project um, that we're working on is entitled Reconnect because like Deborah was saying, we want people to become more neighbourly. We want communities to come together and for people to feel less isolated. Now, um, as Deborah explained, we started talking in September and we thought that Christmas would be the perfect time to um, initiate this project. That, you know, we, we see this um, branching out into all different types of um, you know, people, different types of isolation, but we'd like to start around Christmas time because we feel like that is probably the most loneliest time of year experienced by many people in many different places because it's a time that you're reminded that if you are on your own or you are experiencing some difficulties that's when you feel them most intensely so um, I think so um, we 
because uh, I, the, the background I come from is working a lot with vulnerable people and over the years, and I've also done a lot of teaching in prison, I know about uh, issues around protecting vulnerable people. So we had the thought to connect with Age UK. So we initially met them in Kensington, and then we met the Helen Hamlin Center and had a long chat with them about this project because they do a lot of work with the idea of age and ability. And then um, Chris down at the Helen Hamlin Center uh, connected us to um, Rick. So that's why we're here now. Um, Grace has a great um, idea because she's an illustrator and she'd love to do um, a project where she's um, having older people tell, tell, them her story, tell them their stories and she would illustrate it and I'll let Grace talk, talk about it more. But especially, we'd like to make an animation or, or, or some posters or a short film that we could get on TV or get on the internet or get out there, get the information out there. Um, to, to connect for Christmas because it, it is a time that all cultures celebrate Christmas. They don't necessarily celebrate the religious aspect, but they celebrate the coming together. And as Grace said, when you're alone at Christmas, you really feel it. And um, my experience, Grace has got a lot of experience of dealing with her own elderly uh, members of her family that she really cherishes, and she has a lot of resource there for her own work. And I've just had experiences working in social services where I've had to ring up a lot of older people and ask them how their services were or take their, um, what was it called, a duty team where you take their calls coming in of uh, people in need. And, and I was really appalled at, at the plight of how, as a society, we deal with older people and how many older people that I talk to between the age of like 85 and 95 who are really alone and it's really sad. And we need to do something about this. So. Yeah, we just think that loneliness is such a, a big problem in, in many different ways. I mean, you can ask the question, what is loneliness? Is it not being able to leave your house? Is it mental loneliness? Um, and we just feel like, especially the older generation, you know, myself, I'm 24 years old, and I feel like, you know, I can learn so much from talking to other people and just engaging in a conversation because I've been growing up um, you know, in the era where people seem to have lost the ability to socialise face to face and actually to speak to one another and on kind of a human level just relate to one another. You know, it's interesting how myself and Deborah actually met is that we're very similar in character in that we just would sit at a bus stop or in a social place and start talking to each other. Now, especially in a place like London where people can be a little bit antisocial or a little bit cagey, maybe suspicious is the word, um, you know, if someone approaches you, you might think, oh, why are they talking to me? What do they want? You know, it can become quite cynical, but we just had a conversation, we sat on the bus together, and then we realised that we were like-minded people, and I just feel like that could happen more in society, especially if it's between the younger and the older generation, different cultures, different religions, it doesn't matter, it just means about having a conversation and just speaking to people on a human level. Um, I'm interested in, um, earlier you were, before we started the show, you were telling us about how you wanted to distribute tablets um, oh, yeah. to older people. Yeah, um, yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about yeah. that idea? Well, if you th because I, I Skype every day or two, I Skype my parents who are in their 80s. In, uh, they live in the middle of late, uh, Vancouver Island in a, a little town called Ladysmith. And they're they're not really isolated, but they are in some ways. And they just really appreciate me, you know, contacting them every day or two. And they get to see if I'm okay, and I get to see if they're okay. And they've got five other kids. 
and no, nobody lives right by them, but they love it when I Skype them. And I, 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 my mind keeps going back to these older people I would ring who would tell me how the man next door used to do their shopping and he's died now, and you, do you think there's anyone who could help me? And they, they have nobody. And I just think this is dreadful. So if we could get some networking happening, if, if we could get uh, you know, iPads or tablets donated to older people, and a, and a big uh, mobilization happens of people connecting with each other through past careers, through past friendships, through, past, uh, through hobbies, or just pr projects um, starting up where people are engaging with each other. If you can't get out of the house, you've got a tablet, and you can contact someone over Skype, or someone will contact you. It could even be schools who contact older people. It's shocking that we live in a society where older people have such a, a history behind them, such a resource, and we don't use them for, for that. Even though, uh, you know, I'm told that technology and things are moving ahead so quickly that what older people have might not be seen as such a value, but it, it's a tremendous value, and to lose that. I meet kids in their 30s, well, because I'm 58, so someone in their 30s is a kid, who don't know how to cook because their mom didn't know how to cook, and I find that shocking. So we're losing a lot of... Uh, uh, our abilities as a, as, a, as a group to operate uh, sensibly or, or sanely and to, you know, I, I really feel that we need to have, if it's not a voluntary position in society, it's, it's a paid position where when you hit a certain age, there are workers who check on you to make sure you're okay. And it's a welfare officer to check your well-being. And that you, if you have any needs, you don't have to worry about, oh, is, is the price of fuel going up? Is this happening? Am I going to be able to afford all that out of my pension? We've got people who are looking out for us. Society, we, we have to start to care for each other. The government isn't able to. We have to. Um, so did you want to add something, oh, no, Grace? Oh, a question. Oh, yeah. Um, Pauline, would you like to come and ask something? Yeah, Mary. Deborah. Yeah, Deborah. Are you talking about? Yeah, I'm Paulina, Sister P, by the way. Yes. I just want to add something what um, Deborah was speaking about, that um, people are looking, at, looking out for the, um, the older, not the older ones, the elderly ones, yeah. I'm one of those persons because I'm not a politician. I am not a politician, but I can be a bit of a politician. Because what I do, I sort of look around to see, I may probably smooth round, but I look around and see um, what, uh, um, what's bothering the um, elderly people in society, especially on the um, public transport, where um, the younger virgin of people with their children you know, they take up all the seats and things like that. And it really sort of uh, upset me in a little way because um, they should read signs and they should really, when they pull the signs on the buses, the announcement, they should make sure that all these things are important for the elderly people. After people aren't able to stand too long on their feet, like myself, right? But um, it's not so. Um, so what I did, I wrote a letter, which the mayor, I did, don't know what it says, but I wrote a letter. I've got another letter to write again about the, um, the way how the, the, the bus drivers, how they sort of control the buses, how they, they're supposed to park near to the curve. They park way out, so you've got to keep stretching and pulling 
to um, get on the bus. So, um, Deborah, I do agree with you what you're saying that um, they should be looking at even a lot more because of all the um, isolation as well. Maybe Grace. Grace, and when Grace said as well that um, in her early stage of life that she's still a young woman, which she's still a young woman, but she still can know a lot. You see and use up her knowledge just to look around and to see what's going on around town. That, um, <clears throat> that um, there's a lot of things what um, can be done to help the, the elderly one to come out to themselves. And also Lucia was, to sorry, I forgot that she was the entertainer for us or the interviewer. <laughs> Please, yes. No, you're the, you are the interviewers. I'm just... Um, the coordinator. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'd like to actually open something up a little bit about what... Oh, do you want to, you well, wanted I, to well, touch on what Pauline was saying? What Pauline said, those are really good points, because when I'm on the bus, I see all this, and I think there's a lot of people who will give up their seats, and there are people who don't realise that it's a good thing to do. And I think if we were to start at a young age because we seem to have lost teaching young people uh, to value older people and to respect them and to understand their needs. But I do still see it happen. I do see good things happening on, bus, but I, on buses, but I see a lot of things that aren't so good. And it just feels like people on buses seem really stressed, and the bus drivers seem very stressed, and, and the passengers often feel stressed, and people aren't able to be human so much with each other at times. It depends on the, the route yeah. of the bus. But those are really good points, and it's making me think it's another project to connect yes. with buses should have uh, maybe some training for their bus drivers better yeah. around. Yeah, instead of telling them, the bus drivers, them not the people who operate the bus not to talk, not to leave the passengers and leave that They can't yeah. because if they do all day, because they're not saying anything, because the way they're trained, don't talk to them, don't yeah, do nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's why they take the buses for their bedroom, for their front room, for their bathroom or whatever. Yeah. So now you will get them bring about 10 suitcases on the buses. They, and they would occupy about two, three, four seats. So what happened to the other rest of people who wants to sit down, who got bent back, bent head, and all these sort of things, and it's really wrong. So all these things, right, Deborah, mm. yeah, I'm agree that you help to look into all these things, that they haven't, they should be using their handbags, all these things to take them to the seat when people need to sit down. They can take a taxi, take their luggage home, not on the buses or something, and it's wrong. Um, I yeah. think this is interesting. It's it's a kind of issue about mutual respect and um, old and young people actually communicating with each other. So maybe encouraging ways that older and younger people can actually understand each other and communicate so there isn't this barrier so people actually learn that respect. And something that I was... Um, thinking about when you, you um, brought forward this idea of um, bringing in tablets, um, isn't that kind of encouraging more loneliness in a way because people are more, more isolated because then they're, they're communicating through a tablet rather than face-to-face? -face. Shouldn't we be thinking more about finding ways for people to actually meet up with each other physically and and maybe intergenerationally as well. Um, is that something that you've been thinking about? And if anyone wants to come and talk about this more, please please join us. Well, basically, <clears throat> if I could just say thank you very much. I think your ideas are actually fantastic. But in Hackney... Well, thank you for having us. <laughs> once a year, 
we have what we call a winter warmer. And this year it's taking place on the 3rd of December. Last year we had roughly about three to 400 people. Wow. As you said, it does help people congregate, get to know each other, and people you've never even seen before, they're saying hello to each other and have a sandwich with each other. So personally, I'm on a committee of the over 55s. I'm quite young, I'm 77, but basically I agree with the tablets, but I think you've got to think a little bit more about it, the cost, and also the cost of somebody going round explaining to them how you do this. And don't forget, when people do get a bit older, they're getting a bit more frail and they can't control the cap tablet. Thank you. Those are good points. Um, you know, I think the, the thought of the tablets is to try and remedy a situation that to me is getting out of hand. I, I don't have the statistics in front of me. Grace might remember them better, but there's a, there's a number, um, Age UK has on their website, there's a number of, there's a, there's a statistic around how many older people where people can actually interact well, you know, the, the television is one way you just sit in front of it and you, you observe what's going on in the world kind of around you whereas um, we've been researching other charities and there seem to be quite a lot of helplines in place so uh, different phone numbers you can call to have a conversation with someone at the other end of the phone but we thought a good alternative to this um, and also including the older generation in the surge of technology would be to have you know, like a, uh, whether it's a Skype conversation or, an, or a different type of conversation because you're quite isolated behind, behind the phone line. Um, you know, a lot of the problem was about mobility. It's if people were not able to leave their homes, maybe the, the Skype or the, the tablet could be a good option. But we are all for having different events, like Jeff was saying, um, where it's face-to-face, -face, you know, and different conversations that way, kind of the, the old-fashioned way is probably the best way. Um, but we would just like to, you know, especially being creative students, we use a lot of technology. We think it would be nice for the older generation to feel like they're included. You know, there's lots of people, we've been having conversations today about, um, is it Pete? Peter? Uh, Peter was saying that his mother uses Facebook, and that's great for her to talk to people through that way, but lots of older generation don't use Facebook because they just feel alienated by that. Say, say I'm... Um, okay, I'm often a Morris Minor owner, right? And recently I had a, a, my third Morris Minor convertible. Now, say I'm someone in my 80s. I've got a, a tablet. I can Skype, and I, I'm a Morris Minor, you know... Um, uh, Enthusiast, yeah. I can Skype people up in Scotland and we can sit and talk about Morris Miners. Or if I was in the war, we can talk, I can meet up with old, old soldiers. Or if I'm a, school, a retired school teacher and I want to connect with people from school teaching or I'm into creative writing or I like uh, knitting, you can create groups if you can't get out of the house. Because years ago we used to have community centers. People used to gather in the church, used to gather in places. We don't have that anymore. I don't know how we can create that again. In the meantime, if we could use another avenue to connect people just to fight this issue of feeling alone, you know, and that nobody gives a hoot about you. I mean, it's really not right, you know. We have to change the way we are as a society. Yeah, but there are a few uh, community centres near here that do, do try. For example, Lunch Club, 
bingo yeah. and yoga classes well, and things like that. Brilliant. But as you say, yeah. the big problem is mobility, really, yeah. isn't it? And yeah, for people who can't get out of the house. Yes. And there seems to be a lot happening in Hackney. I live in Brent. No, no offence to, to Brent. Uh, Brent is a, uh, a, a, a local authority that's often under-resourced and has a lot of need. Um, mm. I've often worked in uh, housing projects in Brent and see the, mm. um, you know, there'll be one worker per 18 residents, whereas if I go work in Camden, it'll be one worker per six or, or four. Yes. It's totally different statistics. And I don't think there's, you know, I look at Brent and think there's a lot more that could be happening there. Um, but if we had tablets, that at least would alleviate one part of the problem, and it would connect people from the from where you can't for, through distance too. Well, my mother, she teaches creative writing for elderly, and it's very good. She she's been talking to the National Theatre; they've been very That's brilliant. Got feedback that way, yeah. you know, see shows and things like That's that, excellent. That's and then talk about the play. And yeah. she thinks that, and I think too, that every senior citizen. Anybody really, even a youngster, has got a story in them somewhere. But particularly if you've lived and, uh, and loved and all the rest of it, uh, you, you, there are story. There is a story there. Oh, there's endless. Mm. It's like a film. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and loneliness, of course, is. I, mean, I, I like being alone, living alone. You know, I can always thump it out on a piano or, or read a book or something like that. But. Uh, or I can just go around the pub yeah. and watch football. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm mobile. I can do that. And, and you're, you're very easy to engage with. There are people who are, maybe are shy. And Some over time, people, as I notice my parents who, who are getting elderly, they lose, you start to lose your confidence because you can't walk so easy. You're afraid you're going to fall down. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. And it starts to affect you. Mm. And if you're not engaging regularly with people and feeling supported and feeling like you're part of something, you easily start to... Maybe yes. isolate yourself because of all these things. But, but, but the, the problem is very much the urban, living in an urban society um, where people are very sort of, they're not brought up with civic, civil manners yeah. in the same way that I certainly was, you know, yeah. respect your, yeah. your elderly. And you'd always help a woman or, say, a frail old yeah. person, you know, help them with their shopping bags yeah. on the way home from a supermarket. But these days, even if you offer that, they're very wary about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, in a big city like London, you don't often mm. know who to trust anymore. Yes, but if you're out in the country, in the sticks, yeah. people do it, tend people to look after each other, each other more. Yeah. Um, that is a problem, isn't it? Um, do you think that this isolation and loneliness in the elderly is a recent thing, or is it something that's always been there, but we're just more conscious of it now? Um, Newton, do you want to come talk to us? Um, I'm just interested because, um, Deborah, earlier you mentioned a word, uh, an African word for community um, that we don't seem to have here. Can you explain a little bit about that and then we'll come to Newton? Sure, yeah. I, I remember years ago listening to a, a fellow from the a South African embassy speaking, his name was Selo Jelly, and he talked about the word Ubuntu, and he said it exists in every African language. It might be called something different, but it all means the same thing. I um, identify myself by the relationship I have with my, with my society, no, with my community, and my community identifies itself by the relationship it has with me, and we cannot exist without each other. And he said that when he was a kid growing up, his mum would put on a big pot of stew, 
because you never knew who was going to show up. My, 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 my house was like that too. People would drop in. If your kids eating, if kids, we're eating dinner and kids are on the street, my mom would get us to go and bring them in and feed them because she knew they weren't going, to get, weren't going to get fed. And the cello fellow said that in his village, you'd never have an invitation to anything because that meant if you did that, you would exclude people. So if there was a wedding, everybody was invited. If there was a party, everyone was invited. And we're all in this together. And like in the same way, if there are kids in the center of the town acting up, any older person could say, hey, and they'd go, oh, sorry. And there was this respect and understanding that we look out for each other, and older people are someone that you listen to. And um, if we could somehow break down the biases we have towards each other and the prejudices towards all types of difference, we would have maybe a more easier sense of looking out for each other. Because I really feel we're going to have to head that way because the government cannot continue to fund. They, they, they keep going on about how there's no pensions, there's no this, there's no that. The bulk of population is aging and living longer and there's a lot more health problems. The NHS is suffering, social care is suffering. I worked, used to work in prison education, that's suffered greatly. There, the government does not seem to be interested or have the funds or care about those areas. So we, as a, as a community, as a society, have to start to look out for each other. And we have to, we have to start to come up with uh, answers because the government isn't going to. Even with dementia, they're now giving these statistics uh, how, how everyone's going to be having dementia in the, in the near future. There's a huge, huge amount that's happening there. But I just heard something today that if people suffering from dementia are engaged with regularly, it eases their dementia. These are all ailments, I feel. Mental health, they're all ailments of people being alone often. I mean, it's not, not totally, but it helps so much to have a sense of community and, and to be with each other. Okay. Um, <clears throat> one of the old adages is that if you want to deal with a problem, you try and understand it. And I think that we've understood it to some extent, um, some of the loneliness aspect. But I think a lot of it is, number one, instinctive. It's come way from way back in the past. People have even developed that sort of attitude as part of their second nature, to to be on their own, not to um, connect with other people because that's their business. And later in their aspect of the future, society has promoted this by also programming people to act in that way. Mind your own business and, you know, in fact there are laws involved in trespass. If you <laughs> get too much involved in other people's affair. Now in today's um, time factor, um, I think everybody and every um, society is looking around for things to get involved with. And in, in some cases, and necessarily so, to, to pat themselves on the back that they're doing something on the social front. and. In some cases, I'm not saying all, they elevate themselves because they're doing this, but society is still, through technology and through um, what they portray as being a good citizen, people mind their own business 
and yet um, this little gathering that we've got, and including the two ladies of, who have visited us, I've taken it on board, probably right in the middle of what's happening. But um, I think my little pointer today might cause them to look fully at the problem, that it is instinctive. And it's also promoted by today's society. Even in their enactment of using technology, we all use it. Um, I, for one, don't agree with it. I know what it is. It's, it's high intelligence. And one thing that doesn't conclude in most people who use it is that it is artificial. And we are the one that's programmed it. We are the ones that help it to manifest to the high intelligence that it's at at the moment. And it's a very clever, instrumental, technological, whatever, enactment of today's world. So... Newton, we're about to finish the first half of the show, okay, um, but we'll we'll carry on with this because it's it's very interesting. I'm just going to um, put some music on while we go to the second of course. half. Sorry, and I'm no, we'll, and we'll carry on um, very shortly. Okay. Uh. 